Romans chapter number 8, verse number 17, the Bible says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that our sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by the reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the, that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are not saved by hope, but hope then uh, that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. The famous preacher D.L. Moody told about a Christian woman who was always bright, she was always cheerful, she was always optimistic. And even though she was confined to the room that she lived in of her illness, she was still had this great pleasant spirit about her. She lived on the fifth floor. She lived in an attic apartment on this fifth floor building of this old rundown building. And a friend of hers decided to go and visit her like she often did. But in this visit, she took along a, a person of great wealth, a friend of hers. This was the first time that this lady of great wealth had ever visited this lady that lived in this attic apartment. Since there was no elevator the two ladies began to climb upward. And when they reached the second floor, the well-to-do woman, the lady that had never been there before, she commented, what a, what a dark and filthy place this is. Her friend replied, it's better higher up. When they arrived on the third landing, the remark was made once again, things look even worse on this floor. What a dark and filthy place this is. Again, the reply from the friend was this, it gets better higher up. The two, the two women finally reached this attic level where they found this bedridden lady that had joy and contentment and such peace. She had a smile, it said of her, that on her face that radiated with joy that filled her heart. And although the room was clean and flowers were on the windowsill, the wealthy visitor, she couldn't get over the, the stark surroundings in which this woman lived. She blurted out this, it must be very difficult for you to be here like this. And without a moment's hesitation, the shut-in responded this, it's better higher up. And she was not looking at temporal things. With an eye of faith fixed on the eternal, she'd found the secret of true satisfaction in her life. You know, that's the attitude that Paul is driving home here in Romans chapter 8 here in this passage. If you don't mind, I want to um, just get started, but instead of starting on verse number 17, we're going to go right in the middle, and we're going to start there and work our way backwards. And I want to I preach a message this morning that I've entitled this, Homesick for Heaven. Homesick for Heaven. You know, no matter what you're going through here in life, I want you to remember these, these words. It gets better higher up. 
It gets better higher up. I want to preach on homesick, homesick for heaven. Look with me in verse number 19 again, if you would please, for the earnest expectations of the creatures waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which are the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. Saved by hope. Circle those words hope, because today somebody, somebody here today may need, need hope. And I pray you find hope today. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that uh, that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. I want to first draw your attention to this this morning. And again, forgive me, we don't have the slides here for the message this morning. But present groaning, the present groaning. Paul, Paul begins to talk about the present groaning here from verses 19 down to verse number 25. And from the wonderful picture that he painted last week, we looked at the adoption of us. And what a wonderful picture he painted. And what a wonderful thing it is to know that, that God, he adopted us into his family. We can be a child of God, a joint heir with Christ. We are a child of God. The moment that you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are born again and you are a part of the family of God. And Paul talked about that in, in Romans 8 here uh, last week as we studied it. And then, and then he, comes, he comes to this place. Paul brings us back to the, to the now and now. He brings us back to reality. He literally, he brings us back to planet Earth and begins to talk about what's happening here in our lives, here on planet Earth. We're excited the fact that I'm a child of God. But you know, the reality is this. Even though I'm saved, even though I have heaven to look forward to, I still have to live upon this earth. Still have to live on this earth. Pastor Oscar is on vacation and so I was, uh, matter of fact, this past week, uh, I think it was me and Pastor Cox were the only ones here. Uh, three of our staff were on vacation this past week, and, and Pastor Oscar normally does hospital visits, so I found myself early in the morning getting up and, and making some hospital calls. And, and uh, one day this past week, I, before 9 o'clock, I was at three different hospitals here in Toledo just making visits. And it wasn't making visits to people that were well, was making the people that were sick. Was making visits to people that were having surgery. I visited Gary Topol, who just simply went in to have a heart stent done and, and thought it was going to be something minor and something easy to and head back out and to find once that procedure happened that he had to have double bypass surgery immediately. Sat in his hospital room and he said, This isn't what I planned. I thought I was going to be back to work. Instead, the doctors say it's going to be a month before you can get back to work, maybe. Brother Ray Nowak, who couldn't, couldn't even uh, sit down, and he called me yesterday and said, Pastor, I just want you to know the surgery is working. I, I, for the first time in a long time, actually sat at my kitchen table and had breakfast with my wife instead of having to lay down. 
and others that are going through sickness and others that are going through pain. I think of the Nettles family last evening as we were there at the, at the uh, uh, funeral home and, and uh, had the funeral service for, for uh, Rachel Smith. And, and I looked out and saw those that were mourning. You know, Paul, Paul is going to talk to us about this, these areas, these things, these areas of grief, this area of, of affliction that we have to go through here in Romans chapter number 8. And it causes us that are saved to be homesick for heaven. Every time I do a funeral, I think about a day when I'm going to be reunited with my father. I can't wait for that day. It makes me homesick for heaven. There's times, to be honest with you, there's times that we go through sorrows. It might not necessarily be a death. It might be a, 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 some frustration or some trials that you're going through, some burdens that you're going through. And you might in your mind just simply say this, I can't wait one day when I get to heaven, there's going to be no more sorrow, no more care, no more fear. Paul is going to get right into it here. We go from the adoption and the excitement of becoming a child of God, a joint heir with Christ, and he brings us back down here to literally talks about the groanings that take place here in creation and also in the life of a Christian. He talks about these present groanings. First, he talks about creation. In creation, there's groaning. Our frustration in life is compared here in relation to creation. The physical creation we see around us is personified as a person and, uh, uh, and, and that person is groaning. We find that even, even creation groans, Paul says. The planet, this earth, is, is patiently, it's, it's anxiously waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. They're waiting, waiting. You know, when God created this earth, he did not create earth with all of its sin in it. I, uh, I like to get out in my yard and, and uh, do some things in, in my yard. And, and when I go out in my grass, there's some things I just can't stand, and they're called weeds. And sometimes I think my neighbor plants weeds in my yard because it just seems like they come from his. I don't like weeds. I saw the guy last week, he's, he, uh, we have a company that comes out and he's got a little four-wheeler type vehicle and he puts fertilizer and weed killer down and, and uh, so I think this, as soon as he puts that down, weeds ought to go away. So he was out last week and that afternoon I said to Tom, I said, Tom, I don't understand, he was just here and we still have weeds. I don't understand. You know, weeds and thorns and thistles and, and, and those types of things, that's not the way God created this, this earth. You know, the reason why we deal with those things is because of sin. Even the earth, even the earth, uh, uh, Paul is saying here, is, is groaning. It's, it's anticipating. It's waiting for the day that one day that Jesus Christ is going to come again and there is going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth and there'll be no more sin. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more weeds. There'll be no more thistles. There'll be no more thorns. There'll be no more things upon this earth. Because of sin. Even creation is groaning. I want us to see this, and I need to hurry here quickly this morning. And also, not only earth is groaning, Christians are groaning as well. The second groaning that we see here in Romans chapter 8 is it's us. We know that this world is not our home. There's a little song we might sing, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. The reality is this, once you become a child of God, this world is not your home. 
This isn't where we're, we're, we're thinking and planning and, 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 and going to spend all of our eternity. We're not trying to gain things and, 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 and uh, bring things together so that we can, we can hold on to the possessions, the material things of this world. All of those things are going to pass away. Heaven is our home for the Christian, not this earth. Christians are groaning, Paul says. A true, a true child of God never really gets comfortable in this life. And the reason why, it's, it's not our home. When we first moved last September here to uh, the Toledo area, we moved into a rental house. We hadn't sold our house yet, so we were going to move in and get a rental home. And, and every day my wife woke up in that rental home, it was not home to her. I would say, well, just put some pictures on the wall or, or do some things, you know, unpack some boxes. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't put pictures on the wall. She wouldn't unpack boxes. It never felt like home to us. We were living there in that house, but it wasn't home. You know, the same thing is true here as a Christian here on this earth. We are living here in this earth. We are living here. We work. We raise families and, and we have jobs and we worship here at church. But this world is not our home. Heaven is our home. And because of that, there's groanings for a Christian. I'm reminded of a story I had read at one point of a, a missionary family after serving for many years in Africa, this missionary couple was returning to the United States to retire. They had no pension. Their health was failing. They were very discouraged. They happened to be on the same ship, the same vessel that, that uh, Teddy Roosevelt, President Teddy Roosevelt was on, who was returning from one of his hunting trips from Africa. As they all gathered on the ship that day, no one paid any attention to the missionary couple. Nobody was impressed with this missionary couple. Everyone's eyes were focused on the president. The wife became very discouraged, and she felt as if God was treating them unfairly. No one was there to greet them. When the ship came to harbor and came home back to the United States, there was no one there to greet them. Although there was a great parade and a great amount of people there welcoming the president home from his hunting trip, no one was there to greet this family as they were coming home from the mission field. This caused this missionary couple to be very discouraged. They evaluated their life, feeling like maybe they've wasted their life, feeling like they uh, were treated unfairly, feeling like God had forgotten about them, that there was no one there for them. But then... She tells the story that it was as if God put his hand on her and whispered this, remember, my dear saint, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. You weren't coming home. There is going to be great excitement. There is going to be great fanfare. There is going to be a, a, a great time of rejoicing when we, the children of God, do finally go home. But until then, we are here upon this earth. And unfortunately, while we're here upon this earth, yes, we're saved. Yes, we are a child of God. But we still have to deal with life. Life. You know what Paul is telling us is we're still we're still groaning for those full privileges of our adoption. 
We've been placed into the family of God, but we will, will not realize, we will not realize all of its benefits until we're in heaven. What a wonderful day that was, the day that we were saved, the day that we became a child of God. But there is more. Yes, we're saved. Yes, one day we're going to see Jesus, but we're not going to fully realize all of our benefits until we're home. I want you to see with me in verse number 18, the Bible says this, verse 18 of chapter number 8, the Bible goes on to say, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worth to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in heaven. You know, I want to just look at secondly, the, we saw first the present groanings, creation is growing, groaning and Christians are groaning, but I want you to see secondly in verse number 18, there's temporary grief also. Commentator John Phillips says this, that the first, first we're adopted and then we're adapted. The way the, that we are adapted is through trials and through troubles in our faith. Look again in verse number 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. You know what Paul is saying there? I want you to understand and I want you to realize you are going to go through sufferings. You're going to go through trials. It is going to be difficult here on this earth. You are going to hear the word cancer that you never want to hear or thought you hear. You're going to be at the bedside of someone that you love. You are going to be at funerals. You're going to experience death. There is going to be temporary grief. You are going to go through trials. Every Christian understand here today that just because you're saved it doesn't mean that you're never going to go through hurt in life there are some preachers that preach you know if you if you get saved if you trust jesus christ all your problems are going to go away that guy is lying to you nowhere in the bible nowhere in the bible does it say once you're saved there'll be no more problems in life matter of fact it does say this when you take up the cross of christ there may be persecutions there are going to be trials there are going to be struggles there are going to be times in our life that are difficult when we're saved we are still going to have troubles in life but what paul is telling us here in verse number 18 is this that no matter how much trouble you have no matter how much suffering you have at this present time it doesn't compare to how much greatness how much glory is going to be revealed in heaven no matter how much trials you have and i've talked to some folks and it seems like they've had sickness and sorrow and problems from a child early childhood and it seemed like their entire life has been just just an opportunity of hurt and sorrow and paul says this it doesn't matter how much sorrow you have it doesn't matter what you've been through the glory that's going to be revealed in heaven is far going to outweigh any sorrow you're facing here upon this earth You know, that makes us homesick for heaven. You know, there is temporary grief that you're going to go through. I say this often, someone may be in my office and they'll tell me their problem and, and, and look at me and, and almost like, all right, I've told you my problem, fix it. I've said this often, I don't have a drawer where you pull the drawer open, take out the magic dust and just sprinkle it and all your problems go away. It doesn't exist. You know, bad things can happen to good people. Good Christian people get sick. 
Good Christian people go through trials. Good Christian people go through pain. Good Christian people go through sorrow. Good Christian people bury people that they love. Here in this earth, there is temporary grief that we as the child of God will go through. But Paul is trying to encourage us here in verse number 18. He's trying to get us to understand that we, although we may go through sorrow, although we may go through pain, although we may go to the place where we think, I can't handle anymore. I don't know how much sorrow I can take. I don't know how many more trials I can go through. He reminds us of this, that no matter how great you think your trial is, the glory that's going to be revealed to you on the other side of glory is going to be greater than any trial that you can ever imagine going through. You know, I think Paul is trying to encourage us to keep our eyes on heaven. Don't get discouraged here on this earth. Don't get discouraged because we're dealing with things of the flesh. Don't get discouraged because we're living in this world. That's why he says this earth, this world, it's not our home. Keep our eyes focused upon Jesus Christ. I had the privilege over the last 20 or so years to visit many foreign countries. And every time I've been gone, I count the days to get back to see my family. And I've been to some neat places. I've been to places in Africa, and I've been to places that don't even resemble the United States. I've gotten some good pictures, and I've, I've enjoyed the time, and I've met some very interesting people, and I've been able to meet some great missionaries that are serving and uh, giving their life for the cause of Christ. But from the time I'd get on that airplane, matter of fact, before I would even leave, I'd say to my wife, I miss you already. I'd get to the airport, and before I would even get on that airplane, I'd text my wife and say, I can't wait to see you again. I'd say to my wife, make sure you tell the kids I love them and I miss them. Before I even left, I was homesick. I was homesick. My wife would remind me, you haven't even left the country yet. <laughs> but I missed them. The entire time that I'm there, no matter what was happening, my mind and my thoughts were upon home. You know, I think that's what Paul is trying to tell us here. Keep your mind and thoughts upon heaven. Don't get discouraged because there's going to be temporary grief and temporary suffering. Don't get discouraged and don't give up in life because you're going through a trial. You are a child of God. You are a joint heir with Christ. Jesus loves you enough to give you his life so that you can be redeemed back to God. God loves you enough to call you his child. You one day will be in heaven. You one day will not have the sinful body. There'll be no more heartache. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more fighting. There'll be no more misunderstanding. There'll be nothing but joy and peace and contentment. And so as we're here upon this earth, don't think, don't think that it's horrible and that it's never going to uh, end, just realize this, that one day, one day you will be in heaven. And when we get there, the sorrows we face on this earth will never compare to the blessings we're going to have in heaven. You see, Paul, was, I believe, was encouraging us. He was encouraging us to have hope. The turning point of this section is back in verse number 24. Look there, if you would, please. 
He says, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet have hope? We normally think of being saved by faith rather than being saved by hope. Some people hope they're saved. I've asked some people, if you were to die today, where do you think you'd go? And they say, I hope heaven. See, the key ingredient when going through grief for the Christian is hope. That hope isn't, I cross my fingers and I hope it's going to be okay. It's this, my hope is in the Lord, therefore I know it's going to be okay. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what trial I'm facing, no matter what issue I'm dealing with, my hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in the creator of this universe. And because my hope is in him, it is going to be okay. I am not worried about where I'm going to spend eternity. I've never seen Jesus Christ face to face. I was not there at the time when he was crucified. I wasn't there. I didn't see him with my eyes. I did not see him rise from the dead. I didn't witness him as his disciples witnessed him after he walked upon this earth, but my hope, my hope is in Jesus Christ. And I'm not worried about where I'm going to spend eternity. I know that heaven is my home. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm a child of God. My hope is in him. And because it's in him, I'm homesick for heaven. Can't wait to see my Savior. The key ingredient when you're going through grief, it's hope. You see, there's hope. My hope is in this, that God has a perfect plan for my life. My hope is in this, that Jesus, that God is on his throne. My hope is in this, that he never makes a mistake. We have hope because of who we have hope in. I read this article. I thought this was humorous. Researchers performed an experiment to see the effects of hope it has on, uh, on those undergoing hardship. And so what they did is they took two sets of uh, laboratory rats and they placed them in separate tubes of water. The researchers left one set in the water and found that within an hour, they had all drowned. All the rats. Now for you rat lovers, they're okay. The other rats were placed in water and then periodically lifted out of the water and then returned. So they were placed in water, then periodically they were lifted out of water. And they were placed back in water again. And those rats that were periodically lifted out of water, they, the, what happened was those second set of rats, they swam for over 24 hours every time they were placed back in water. They would swim. And so the researchers would look at this and they questioned this why. And it wasn't because they were given rest but because they had suddenly had hope. These animals somehow hoped that if they could stay afloat just a little longer, someone would reach down and rescue them, bring them out of that water. And so the first set had no hope because there was no one bringing them out of the water. The second set had hope because periodically someone would bring them out of the water. So they understood in their little rodent minds uh, thinking this, if I just tread water long enough, somebody's going to bring me up out of that water. And these researchers did this and they found that even rodents can have hope. 
You know, I thought this, if hope holds such power for unthinking rodents, how much greater should its effect be on our lives as Christians? Yes, we're going to go through trials. We are going to go through situations in our life that seem unbearable. Cancer, sickness, death. Maybe there's issues in family and maybe you're at the brink in your marriage where you just say, I don't know if it can last another day. Maybe you're at a job and you just say, I don't know if I can last another day. I don't know if I can endure. I don't know if I can survive just another moment with the pressures that I'm under in this life. I want you to know this morning what Paul is telling us this. There is hope. Christian, don't give up. There's hope. Christian, don't think that this world is going to win. There is hope. Don't think that the dark hour you're in is going to last for all eternity. There is hope. Because our hope is in the Lord. I don't have time for my last point this morning, but my last point would be this, according to verse number 18, as well as there's future glory. Life messes with our perspectives, doesn't it? You know, we can't even grasp one corner of the tapestry of our eternal experience. It's an ocean of wonder. And we stand here at a corner with a little bucket and a shovel in hopes of capturing some of it. Have you ever stood and saw the ocean? In its vastness we must remember that a future focus affects our present perseverance. Get that this morning. We must remember that a future focus affects our present perseverance. Do you know, Christian, heaven is real. Heaven is glorious. And no matter what you're going through here in this earth, there's hope because there's heaven. I can't wait to get to a place where there's no more sorrow and no more pain. I can't wait to get to the place where there's no more tears. I can't wait to get to the place where there's no more misunderstandings. I can't wait to get to the place where there's no more fighting or no more tension. I can't wait to get to the place there is future glory. Don't get discouraged this morning. Don't get depressed this morning. Don't get under all of your problems this morning and think that there's no hope, there's no joy. I want to remind you this morning, as Paul was reminding us, yes, we are living in a world that's groaning. The earth is not the way that God created it. Yes, we're living in these fleshly bodies that are groaning we can't wait for the return of Jesus Christ but there is hope and our hope is found in Jesus Christ in Christian don't give up this morning there is hope don't give in this morning there is hope don't give up on your marriage this morning there is hope don't give up on your life this morning there is hope because hope is found in Jesus Christ there's hope today that hope at times makes us long for heaven. Christian, I want to encourage you today, keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes on Christ today. Keep your eyes on heaven today.
know this, this is not our home. We're just passing through. Heaven's our home. And those that are adopted into this family, those that have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, the things of this earth are just temporal. Hang in there, Christian. There's hope.